Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a podcast about craft beer and film. My name's Max Minardi. My name's Johnny Summers, and together we're your favorite superhero duo. Welcome to episode 94. We're a Chico, California-based podcast that covers two beers and one film. We do not spoil our movie without giving you a big old heads up, so stay tuned for that once we start talking about White Boy Rick. But that won't happen for a little bit, because first, we're going to talk about a beer that Johnny Summers himself has brought to us this beautifully glorious day. That's right. What is it? You didn't tell him about the parts of the show. That doesn't care. Are we abandoning that? No, I just don't have to say it every episode. I agree. Like, yeah, maybe every two or three. After 100... My biggest thing is, yeah. Scrap it. After, my biggest thing is, like, just I don't want people to think that we're going to spoil the movie because we're not going to spoil the movie till later. That's all that matters. That's really. all that really matters. You know what matters the most in this life? Uh, what? Friends. Sure. And doing fun things with friends. I think that's true. And I'm going to propose a toast. Okay. Because we just had a two year podcast anniversary. That's true, man. I think good, good call on saying this. Yeah. Yes. We, we've been a little bit sketchy over the past couple of years of when exactly our anniversary is. We forget. So let's say it for once and for all. It's August 31st. That's when we released our first episode in yep. 2016. And we were recording this roughly 20 days after that. And my phone, even even two years in, I can't put my stupid phone on vibrate because I'm an idiot. He's rookie. I bet you it didn't even come through. It doesn't I matter. my first podcast. Right. What were you saying? Sorry. But yeah, man, uh, it snuck up on us. It went and came and went and without us realizing it. But it's fair to say and fun to acknowledge that we've been doing this thing for two years and it's been a blast. Uh, so thank you, everyone, for listening, all yeah. your support, all the cool friends we've made, all the people we've met along the way, and a ton of movies we've watched, and yeah. a ton of beers we've drank. I want to give a shout out, I suppose, too, to everybody on Patreon that's uh, financially made this happen. Yeah. Um, maybe we give a shout out also to our early sponsors. We had Spike's Bottle Shop in there, the Handlebar, Secret Trail's been with us for a while, so thank you guys for supporting us. Yeah. Uh, New Earth, we had you for a minute there. Maybe you'll come back. It's hard to say. Who maybe knows? that part shouldn't be in there. I don't know. It's fine. It's going to be there, though. It's a roll of the dice, man. Life's just, dangerous. You know what? It's a fun times. So we've had a good time making this podcast. Yeah, and definite big shout out to the Patreon people because this takes up a lot of our time and you guys make yeah. it a lot easier. It it really helps and we look forward to partying with you guys. we got a party coming up soon. And we had a blast at that party. Oh, is that did that already happen? Oh, yeah. All that right. was great. That's cool. <laughs> uh, no, if you didn't catch on, we, we've been pre-recording some episodes because I'm going on tour. Yeah. Um, so this won't come out until uh, early October. So we had this blast of an event called Hopgasm for our Patreon family. Yeah, we do like, what, a couple times a year? Yeah. Maybe start doing them once a quarter. I we think ha- that, We yeah. have big parties. I think we should. It's a good time. So anyways, here's to two years, man. Let's actually see if we can get a glass thing. I'll Cheers. bring it over to you. Oh, that's good. It almost shattered. Uh, you drink first, I suppose. <laughs> to two years. Uh, what we are cheersing is Holy Hermit. It's a beer by Moonraker out of Auburn, and Johnny's going to tell you more. Yeah, I am, because I have notes and I'm prepared. I swear to God. This beer comes to us from my coworker who went there this last weekend and was so generous to bring back some Holy Hermit. Mm-hmm. So shout out to you, Jacob. Nice. That's a long shout out. Yeah, that's Just great. Linger. No, man. Holy Hermit by Moonraker out of Auburn, California. It's actually a New England double IPA. It's clocking in at 8.5% with 70 IBUs, which I love to see. Yeah, I should ask you too. If you if you are new to the show, you don't know this, but if you've heard almost any episode where we cover a New England style IPA, you've probably heard Johnny say, I'm really burnt out on this style or something mm-hmm. similar. I'm wondering if that 
logic follows for a double IPA of the New England variety, or if it's only singles that you're kind of burnt out on? Well, the doubles definitely have uh, a way of having more hops, obviously, because they're doubles. So like a single, like an imperial with just more hops or a double imperial, I think, which is exactly this is the the holy is Mm -hmm. the imperial, Mm -hmm. it even says on the can. So yeah, I think I'm more likely to really enjoy a double just because of the hop presence. Yeah. A little bit about this beer. This mega juicy dipper gets a blast. It gets a blast? Sure. No, why get, not? <laughs> it gets blasted with huge amounts of citra and amarillo hops that get layered over a bed of golden promise malt. Tons of mango, peach, papaya, and floral hop flavors with a light slash sweet graham crackery malt character. So that's a pretty good description. Yes. I think it's hitting all of those notes. Yeah, I don't get a lot of the, uh, the graham crackery malty stuff. I don't get almost zero malt on this for me. Um, I get the two when it's this style, it's not as pronounced as it would be for maybe a dark beer. Yeah. Um, or even like, no, I guess that's a dark beer as well. Never mind. For a dark beer. You kind of get it in the middle, in the back of your tongue. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, a little. But I do think that citra jumps out real hard and you do get kind of that papaya peach sort of. Yeah. And I love the way that the uh, Amarillo hops mellowed out with that huge earthy note. That's like one of my favorite hops. It's so just dusty. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just thought of something so funny huh. to me. I guess in the, in the spirit of nostalgia and reminiscing on the past couple of years, I was just thinking about something. I can't remember when it was, but we were talking about a beer that had the Idaho 7 hop. Mm. And we're describing it as earthy. <laughs> Did I already tell you this once? No, but I remember. Because you said, and I quote, we were, talking, we're like, man, this is a really earthy hop. And you said, and I quote, well, Idaho has a lot of dirt. So maybe that's why it's so earthy. Yeah. And I think on this podcast, the reason that we have a good flow is because we're both always like, yes, and instead of being like, no, 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 that's crazy. Like, no matter what, I'm always like, we're agreeing with each other and trying to expand the conversation. Conversation. Yeah. Uh, but I thought that was very funny. And it reminded of, me of what you just said. There's a lot of dirt out there in Idaho, man. <laughs> a lot of dirt. <laughs> a lot of dirt. <laughs> like, they had dirt everywhere. <laughs> but no, there's extra yeah, dirt right. in Idaho. Uh, it's in, still true. In any case, I do think that what you're saying about the Amarillo hops in this beer do give it uh, a very specific Idaho dirty kind of taste. Yeah. The yeah. Idaho floor, baby. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I like it, man. It tastes like a potato farmer's foot. Yeah, man. This is, so this is back in like Moonraker's heyday. Moonraker's been out for about, a, what, 15, 2015? Something like 16, that, yeah. Somewhere in there. And for a long time, they had very limited releases. Yeah, they're very in demand. Yeah, exactly. I think for a long time, you could only get their beers by going there. Still can. Only get them by going there. Is that true? They yep. don't distribute at all? Nope. Okay. Well, for a long time then also, they didn't really can except for like maybe one beer a week. Yeah. And they would make a few cases, more than a few, but... It was your standard go stand in line, wait for beers, be lucky if you got them situation. Yeah, um, so I think it's great because I've, I've been there a few times now over the past year or so, and, and they have multiple offerings of cans now, which I think is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. wonder, do you remember what they cost for a four-pack by chance? This clocked in at like 18 bucks. 18, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. We talked about this at 1.2. I think that's a little bit pricey, but they are, you know, they got the demand moving. So that's good. You forget know. it. Yeah. It's interesting. But I mean, you see that kind of being more in line of the standard price for a 16-ounce four-pack anymore. Yeah, you know, like look at revision or yeah, a lot of the rare, like the limited seasonal modern times. They're they're in that. Are they up that high? Sixteen to twenty. Like sixteen, yeah, sixteen is very reasonable. I think twenty is absurd. It depends. Yeah, there there's some that I mean, if it's like a barrel aged stout, in yeah, a like 16 yeah, ounce can, but when does that happen? They do that. Do they really? Yeah, they had a oh what was it? It was like a twenty two dollar twelve ounce can or something ridiculous. A, of a single bar- twelve ounce can. Yeah. I mean, I like I get that. I mean, I still think it's. I don't think I'd buy that, but I understand the the market for that. But like mass producing 
a four can, 16 ounce thing. I, like, especially if you're going to just give me an IPA. Yeah. It's probably really good. I'm not saying it's not, but like 20 bucks for, I don't know. It's just, it's a high price. Unless it's something crazy I've never seen. But like you said, if it's a production line, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, dude, also if they canned 16 ounce, four packs of Pliny the Elder from Russian River sold it, they, they would sell for $30. People would buy them. They could, but their bottles are so 30, cheap. 30 is high. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But their bottles, bottles are, cheap. are cheap, man. Yeah, that's a good point. But they wouldn't price gouge. But I see what you're saying. Yeah, I like, pulled that statement back. Not quite, but... That's fine. But, I mean, the 16-ounce can's the ideal container for beer. But their Pliny is, a, is in a pint bottle, Yeah, and it's $6 a pint. Yeah. That's a $24 four-pack. Theoretically. If you sold it in a four-pack. Yeah. I don't know. Feels don't high. Know. But it's Pliny, so... Yeah. It's hard to say. But I do like the 16-ounce can. I think it's my favorite vessel for beer. I think it's across the board in the beer industry uh, being accepted as the the vessel of the future. Is it? Yep. I, th- I mean, I think that's probably right. I it, Yeah. Yeah. I like them as well. I'm going to yeah. try to make a case for bottles, but I don't really think there is one. No, there's not. So let's talk about this beer and how it feels in your face hole. Yeah. I, you know, I was going to say too, I've, I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. Do you need to sample some more? Yeah. And before, cause we're splitting this can and, and we had a little bit while we were setting up our session today and I'm sorry to make you do all this through the ice. Loud noise. Yep. Loud noise. Okay. Um, and I thought one more loud noise. No, too loud. Yes. Okay. Uh, I thought I wouldn't need any more, but I would love to talk about it cause this is a beer that I really appreciate and haven't had in quite a while. What I was getting at earlier was that like this was OG Moonraker. They had a couple of beers. It was the Hermit, uh, Holy Hermit, Yojo. Then they came out with Dojo, which is the double version of Yojo. Am I missing any big ones? Uh, 33 and a third was a big one. I didn't ever have that. That's just another Yojo iteration. I oh, think okay. they had like different hops in them, I believe. But yeah. Oh, and there's like Electric Lettuce was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they've, they've put out maybe five or six ones that we've heard of that right. we've tried. Right. But I remember... Was it last episode or like two episodes ago Oof. that we were talking? Um, I don't know. Sometime in the past when yeah. we sat down and drank beer, it might have even been recording. But we right. were talking about we should revisit Moonraker. That was yeah. That was um, you're right. One or two episodes Doesn't ago. Matter. Yeah, in the past. But yeah, and, I'm, glad, um, I'm glad you brought these, dude. It was like two days later. Buddy at work was like, "Hey, I have extra four packs if you want one." I was like, "That's really an odd coincidence." Yes, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, it's like hearing about that thing you were telling me on the, the photo oh, yeah. of the dog from I Am Legend on our bonus content. Just, just randomly. So random. Something it's weird how that works. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Six, okay. Six degrees of Will Smith, ladies and gentlemen. That's what it is. Yeah. Is that the that thing? I think um, so. so. Holy Hermit, Moonraker, we're both fans of this beer. Yeah. Let's dive a little bit deeper. We talked about liking the hops and the mouthfeel in general. Do you think it's overpowering? At 8.5%, it could easily go a little bit too boozy, or in order to mask that booziness, be a little bit too fruit-forward or hop-forward. Are you getting anything like that? Hmm. You know, I think it, it it's a bit fruit-forward, but it's there's no fruit in it, so it's just hoppy. It's the hops, the, the, the dry oh, hop. Oh, yeah, for sure. But fruit flavor-wise, it's definitely predominant. It's almost tangy. Yeah, it is, huh? It's got a weird tang to it, which I find intriguing. Uh, it's it's definitely like citrusy citra, <laughs> like whoa, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I like the balance of the hops. It has a nice hoppy finish, and it really dries out at the end too. And it does not have that orange juicy quality that I I gripe about all the time. Yeah, I think I think the delicate balance, especially if I can speak for your palate a little bit, is um, when you do have that really clean crisp hop on the back end because it just it just just cuts it right off. You have this 
big bouquet of flavor and whether it's like a citrusy thing or here I get a little bit more of the island fruit, like a lot mm-hmm. of mango and a lot of papaya. Totally, almost pineapple. Yeah. Um, and a, a ton of that kind of earthy floral um, flavor they were describing even in, in the can description. But it immediately is just like, boom, we're done here. At the very end, it just rounds right off because of those hops. And mm-hmm. I think that's nice because it doesn't become pl- uh, cloying yeah. by the end. It's just like a nice, clean, from start to finish drink. Yeah, it's not one of those New England IPAs where like as soon as you take a sip, your mouth is just watering. Yeah. Just salivating for no reason. Yep, that's always awkward. Yeah, it's not not great. Nobody uh, likes having too much saliva. Yeah, it's and, or too little. You know, it's a fine balance. It is. And I think this this beer strikes it quite well. So this beer, like saliva, strikes a very nice balance. Yeah, is what you're saying. Also, the can art. Does this guy remind you of the dude from Dragon Ball Z? Did you? What you? Of course, you did. Right? You watched Dragon not Ball Z. Not a big anime guy. Yeah, me neither. But I watched Dragon Ball Z. Uh, maybe a couple episodes. I know the dude you're talking about. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, because but, you looked at this guy and you're like, yes, I know. Yeah. Okay. okay. His name was uh, Master Roshi, I think. Okay. Um, I used to love Dragon Ball Z. My mom wouldn't let me watch it because she said they had evil eyes. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Not because they were Asian or anything. I was kind of waiting for you to clean that up a little. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, gonna no, elaborate. Like, they would just like always be super angry. Just be like. Argh. That was, yeah, it was going super saiyan. Yeah, as long as it's not because they were super slanted. No, they weren't slanted. They were like not, you know, All not men. that Asian looking Asian people. I don't know. Anime has kind of round eyes, I guess. Like Dragon Ball Z people were like looked like white people. Like this dude on the can here, Master whatever his name is, it was like a white dude. So, you know. Was he? But still had angry eyes. Was Master Roshi, Roshi. white dude. <laughs> yeah, so much cultural appropriation. Yeah. Uh, maybe that wasn't his name. I don't know. I don't know. We got to do some research. Yeah. Get woke, son. Let's get woke. Uh, okay. About? So let's round this baby out. Holy Hermit by Moonraker. Tastes exactly like Spit and Dragon Ball Z. It's perfect. That's it's the a, bottom line. It's the perfect flavor combo. Yeah. It's delicious. Tastes like the inside of a mouth meets some dirt. Yeah. Little pineapple. What more do you want? <laughs> uh, let's, let's, let's tell people, because I didn't say this at the beginning. Let's talk about ratings real quick. Yeah. Because I do feel like that's always important. Because like, what if somehow somebody who's never heard our show... Just like puts it on, jumps forward past all of our disclaimers, and is like, "What would these people giving this beer a four? Who are they to call this a four? Like, that always makes me that scares me. Well, I tell all those people I am better than you. That's one approach. Yeah. I don't have that kind of confidence. I'm not. I'm just joking. Hundred <laughs> percent better than you. Don't speak to me. Right. So ratings about were, them. Were you were you gonna, you gonna like validate why we rate beer with some qualifications or something? No, just, I was I was gonna say and this is what I always say for me, and I feel like whenever I say it, you're always like, Well, I'm a professional. I could I could think of three or four episodes where that's exactly but I'll I'll lay it out anyways. <laughs> we rate our beers and we rate our movies, but we are not professionals in these realms. We just really like them. Yeah. And I am a professional in the beer industry. That's true. But I'm definitely not like a head brewer or anything. I sell beer for a living. But yeah, when it comes to the movies too, for sure. Right, just like, like layman here. We just love beer and we love movies. So yeah. and and like for mostly, at least in my brain, for my own record keeping purposes, I like to rate them. So I'm like, if I want to revisit a beer that we did two years ago, which is a thing we can say now, um, I want to know if I liked it or not. Yeah. And it's fun too because you can go back and retry a beer that you gave a really low rating to two years ago and maybe find that your palate has expanded or that which it does you know your palate expand like changes they say your palate's different roughly every like 12 to 18 months yeah your your cells in your body every what seven years uh yeah something like that there's like nothing left of you that was there before now's a good time to shout out uh that podcast that we're both thinking of maybe are you not thinking of it what i learned this on a podcast you just know that yeah oh uh, I'm just better than you, man. I don't know why I can't think of it. Is it Stuff You Should Know? No, the it's the other nerdy one. Six Fantastic Facts, Johnny and Max? It's that, but 
what we stole that from. With oh, with um, except they do nine with facts. mango. And yes, and yes. What's the name? Of, oh, I haven't listened to it in a long time. I haven't either. Nerd. No, no. It's not like nerdificent or something. That's a different one. Shoot. What the heck's it called, dude? It's not Stuff You Should Know. It's no. on the Stuff You Should Know network. It's on the How Stuff Works network. Yeah. When I got a new phone, it cleared out my podcast recommendations, oh. like my subscriptions, and I'm just now Part-time genius. Part-time genius. Thank you. Is that a spider? Oh, freaking heck. Is that... What is that? Oh, that's a cicada. No, okay. it's a it's a stink... It's a stink bug. bug. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know how it's in here. So let's get, rain this sucker in. Sorry. So yeah, I, I we're going to rate this beer, and I'm going to talk about it seriously for just a moment. It strikes a nice balance between hoppy and fruity. Which there's no fruit, but you get a ton of juiciness from all of the hops in the late hop edition, which gives it that juice. You really have a nice undercut of the citra and amarillo in the finish that, like Max was saying, rounds this beer out beautifully. Also, it's surprisingly refreshing. That's mm-hmm. one thing I'll say about this beer. It's got a nice level of carbonation. It's not too bubbly. I appreciate that. It doesn't kind of stick in your throat. Um but it tastes nice. It's crisp. It's really good, nice and chilled. Um, I like this beer quite a bit. And I think if you have a chance to get out to Moonraker and snag it, you should definitely do that. Uh, I'm going to give this beer an eight. Okay. Respectable rating. Great reasons. What I was going to say about Part-Time Genius is they did an episode about the human body and how its cells regenerate over time. Mm. So that's what I was getting at. I don't remember. I think it's like seven or nine years. Thank God the liver regenerates. Huh. All right. Yeah, hey, uh, on that note, I want to talk about this beer. Uh, it is very good. I think I think Moonraker is doing some of the best representations of this style on the West Coast. And fight me if you want. I'd love to hear everybody's opinions if you think that's not the case. If you think somebody who maybe we don't know about is rocking those Northeast IPAs better than Moonraker, um, let me know. Personally, great notion in modern times. Yeah, I haven't had a lot of great notion, mm-hmm. except that one that you brought to a share one time, the, the flapjack one. The double stack. Double stack. Yeah. Um, and modern times does a couple that I know of. Like they do a bunch. Accumulated knowledge was good. They do a bunch, but really? they're usually only available in Southern California. Okay. I've had a bunch sent up, and yeah, they've, they've actually done quite a few of this style. So I'm going to be on tour. I'm going to go down through, not San Diego, but Los Angeles. Maybe they'll have some stuff there. I'm sure you can find some. They have a few tap rooms around there. I'm terrible with Southern California geography. Yeah. yeah. But I'm sure you can. So many places just crammed you into the You should hit area. up uh, Austin. Uh huh. Yeah. He knows a bunch of spots down there. When we get off air, we'll narrow it down to between a couple of Austins we know and yeah. we can figure it out. But yes. Um, the bald one. The bald one. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so I think this beer is great. I'm a huge fan. I'm going to give it a nine. Nice. Because again, I do think it's it's a very relatively like we're in Chico, so we live an hour and a half. Like, yeah. Mostly, I could get this beer if I really wanted. And it's a nice drive. It's really pretty it's a up great in Auburn. Drive. I love Auburn as a, as a town. Yeah, it's very nice. If I ever got a job in Sacramento, I would commute from Auburn. Yeah, oh, it's, okay. It's a suburb enough. Like you could like a 20, 30 minute commute. Yeah, I always forget that you can wrap around that way too because I always go you know up to twenty and around kind of through Grass yeah. Valley. But that's great. So I'm going to say a nine on Holy Hermit. Nice. You said eight. Yeah. All right. Uh, Overall, a really good beer. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, and it's available if you drive to Moonraker. Yeah. We recommend you do. Also, uh, stop by Knee Deep and yeah. stop by Crooked Lane. Yeah. And it, um, I'm going to shout out my favorite bottle shop in Auburn, too. You do, you've do. you done this before, and I can never remember what it's, it is. Uh, it's called Long's Bottle Shop. Yeah. If you're ever passing through Grass Valley, and also don't tell anybody. And also, I maybe shouldn't have said that. Ugh. Well, I just blew up our spot. I'm never out there. Yeah. Okay. No, it's a great spot. Yeah. It's the best bottle shop. And there's a tattoo shop right above it. 
Do you like, even like tattoos, man? No, tattoos are dumb. <laughs> uh, I have a bothered. I just thought of on that note. Yeah. But yes. Continue. That was it. Yeah. Just go to Long's, Long's Bottle, Bottle Shop. Shop. Cool. Yeah. Check them out, man. Well, let's let's move on then. What is what's got you hot and bothered this week? Hot or bothered? Let's say hot or bothered this week because of time. Hot or bothered? Yeah. Uh, what did I do this weekend? You go first. I don't remember. Well, the bothered that I thought of was that I went to go see our movie this week, which is White Boy Rick. Yes. And I went to see it in the theater. Oh, uh, in, I, I in, love it when you're bothered by theater experiences. No, no, no. It's not one of those. But I did, I did go to see it in the uh, the luxury theater in Sparks, right outside of Reno, Nevada. As you might have seen on our Insta story. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, we haven't said that this episode. We'll say it at the end of this. Yes. But uh, I was going in line to get some concessions. It was, it was uh, you know, relatively early in the day. So I got a small popcorn. And I got a this actually this bottle of water that I've just been refilling, mm-hmm. and um, milk duds. Okay, I was feeling not the sour candy. Mm. I'm in a short sleeve shirt. If you've never seen me, I have a tattoo, a tattoo around my left forearm. It's a line, and it was discussed by the people at the concession stand. This this person was like, "Hey, love your hat." I was wearing uh, that hat. And I love your necklace and I love your, you know what? I love your tattoo. I just love your style. And I was like, wow, this is a great experience. This is very sweet to hear. Thank you very much. And then no joke, about 15 seconds later, another coworker from across the way walks up casually talking to his other coworker, coworker and is like, crazy weekend, man. Yeah. Like my, my brother got a tattoo and his tattoos are just stupid. I almost killed him. And I like had my arm up like by my head, just like trying to get him to see my tattoo. Yeah. And he finally did. And he was like, oh, not because not because I don't like tattoos or anything, but it just his was stupid and his actually didn't bother me. I thought it was very funny. Yeah. Um, anyways, I think that's that's what I thought of when we were talking about tattoos a yeah. moment ago. Uh so I wanted to share that because I thought it was very funny. That's totally the moment when I just shout out, yeah, tattoos are dumb. Right. Huh? Like, yeah. 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 And then make everyone uncomfortable because they think I'm gonna stab them. I do really love that theater though. Everybody's so nice. I want to go. The dude taking your tickets, almost every time I've gone is like this dude in his 70s. Nice. Just a super friendly guy. You give him your Aww. ticket. Is he like retired? No, I think they pay him. No, but I mean like yeah. a lot of people, like when you retire, you still need a little part-time job. Oh, I don't if know. If you didn't retire yeah. well. I don't know, man. He seems like he owns that. He might've been doing this forever because they'll, they'll give him his, your ticket and he's like, oh, like he was a white rug. He's like, oh, you know, this is based on a real story. Like this guy used to be an informant for the FBI and it's crazy. You know, your theater's right over there, and you're going to be three seats back uh, or three rows back and, like, four seats in, and there's a restroom on your left. Make sure not to miss that. And if you need to get up or come back out, let me see your ticket. I'll remember it. Like, he's very, he's on it. Wow. And everybody's so nice at that theater. It's my, it's the, my best theater experiences ever are at that place. All right. It's the Galaxy Regal IMAX in Sparks. Nice. I need to go check that out sometime. It's fantastic. I like it. Yeah. Okay, that's me. That's my life. Nice. What's up with you? I went... To a bull riding event. Oh, here we go. On Saturday. Here we go. It was uh it was interesting. Did I send you the text that said, by the way, bull riding's not really my scene? Yeah. Did no, I send you because I, I was typing so. and I was like, maybe this wouldn't be funny. No, I, I knew that it wasn't. Okay, good. Great. But I thought it would be funny. Yeah. Because it's not my scene at all. Okay. But yeah, we did the damn thing. Yeah. I went out and spent like forty dollars on Coors Lights. Sure. That's two beers at a rodeo. Right? Yeah. And that was all they had. It was Coors Light or Blue Moon. Oh, I would have gone Blue Moon. I hate Blue Moon. Interesting. It's so sweet and gross. I love it. Yeah. Anyway, that was probably my hot for the last week. So it was. It was. Um, it was fun. Fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah fun. Yeah, it was story. fun. You have to. It's like going to a monster truck rally or just anything that's outside of your normal element and or demographic. You have to just let it happen. 
I guess I guess the difference for me between the the bull riding and the monster. I bet you could guess between the bull riding and the monster truck rally. Mm. Well, like you know, I saw an advertisement, and I don't know if it was for the one. Was it at the fairgrounds? You were saying? Yeah. I don't know if it was that one, but I saw an advertisement for for like a rodeo. I think it was on you know it was when I was in South Dakota. Okay, and it was like, um, you know, like bronco riding, uh, bull riding, bull fighting, that mm-hmm. sort of. And that, when I get to bull fighting, I'm like, okay, hang on a minute. I don't agree with bullfighting. I think it's pretty messed up. And therefore, I will not participate. Was there bullfighting? Do you know what bullfighting is in a rodeo context? I guess not. Because <laughs> I know what bullfighting is in a Spain context. It's 100% not what you're thinking. Oh, well, do you think I would still agree with it? Or do you think it's just like a less bad version of what I would still I 100% disagree? think you would agree with it. Okay, what is it? So bullfighting... Is you are you familiar with what a rodeo clown does? Yes, it aggravates otherwise very peaceful animals. No, well, the the rodeo clown, his job is to put himself between an angry bull and the rider that had just fallen. Okay, off. yeah, okay, sure. So they're very diversionary. A lot of they, their job is to take the hit for the rider. Essentially, okay. their job is to get flipped up in the air and get trampled and all this horrible stuff. Um, so that's their primary job is just keep them safe and distract the bull. And they're very right. good at this. Their craft, besides being a rodeo clown, is called bullfighting because it's uh, it, it's the same idea of um, misdistraction. The way, Mis- like in Spain, they have the cape misdirection. Misdirection. Yeah. Did I say misdistraction? I think so. Isn't that a thing too? I never or heard just that. Just distraction. Yeah. Distraction. I thought misdistraction is a thing. That's like focusing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, misdistract. All right. Wait, I'm paying I attention. Mis-distra- I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I accidentally focused. Yeah. Maybe that's it. You yeah. accidentally focus on something go. you don't want to focus on. But yeah, it so their them. whole purpose is to get the the bull's attention and divert it from the cowboy. And the bullfighting, quote unquote, in a rodeo context, is they release a Spanish fighting bull in the arena that they're breaking to a second bull. No, one bull. Oh, okay, so there's nobody in the arena. They release oh, one bull that's like still too wild to ride. And they just let, like, there was three clowns, and they all had a turn to see who could, like, go the longest, essentially. Uh, and it was just a matter of them just juking the bull. And they have, like, football cleats on, and they're just, like, dodging the bull. Like, see how close you can get it to you and spin out. Uh, one dude got his shoulder popped out because he like, got flipped up in the air and came down on his head. It was right. crazy. There's no actual violence towards the the bulls. It's all the violence in, in that is actually committed is against the the rodeo clowns. I guess so. Here's another podcast shout out. This time it is the stuff you should know podcast. They did an episode on bullfighting. Okay, as in España. As in yes, the the the, the quote unquote traditional bullfighting. Which let's go ahead and say on the record, I think is garbage. It's garbage. It's inhumane. I think. In in in, I must say this. I think if you're a fan of bullfighting and you want to stand by it, you do not belong in our conversation. I think. You're an idiot. That's what I think. It's pretty much the worst thing ever. It's terrible. It's animal cruelty. It's 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 awful. It's like next level animal cruelty. Yeah. It's like animal torture. And what I learned is that so much of what happens with those bulls happens behind the curtain before they're released. They spend days like starving them, aggravating them, mm-hmm. like just yanking on them. So part of me wants to wonder if like that still kind of happens for this stuff that you're describing. And like, granted, they don't stab the bull and kill sure. it here, but there might be a whole bunch of stuff going on behind the scenes. That makes me very leery of maybe of, of supporting it. I don't know. That's where I'm at. 
I could see you taking it with a grain of salt, maybe looking into it a little bit more. Yeah. I wouldn't immediately assume a lot of wrongdoing. Right. Because so these bulls are huge and fat. Like, they're yeah. obviously, I don't know. I don't know if you can obviously starve a bull in four days. They're no, so no, but, but I mean, if you starve me for three days, I'm going to be pretty mad. But you wouldn't look emaciated. No, yeah. that's true. That's what yeah. I'm saying. You wouldn't necessarily see it. No, it's all for the for the mood. Like I know at the rodeo they do wrap a rope around their like lower torso mm-hmm. and like cinch it up to where it like squeezes their balls a little. That's yeah, that's for sure just on their testicles. Yeah. And so then, just 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 that and I think that's enough to be considered cruel. It's borderline. I do. Yeah, it's definitely borderline. But if it goes any further than that, I'd be like, eh, let's relax. Yeah, I mean like but also yeah. the, the 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 bull fighting portion of this bull riding event maybe lasted fifteen minutes. Yeah, it was very much a side right. element of the whole night. Right. So all in all, it was a fun time. Well, I'd like to shout out that this is maybe the closest thing to a danger zone conversation we've had in the first segment. Uh, Get edgy, great. yeah, crazy. Uh, what do you say we go to a break? Yeah, what's going to happen after the break, Max? We are going to talk about the film White Boy Rick, and we're not going to spoil anything just yet. So if you haven't seen it yet. Don't worry about it. We're not going to spoil it. We're just going to tell you how we felt about it when we saw it. Maybe some production facts. Maybe our favorite performances, that sort of thing. So please stick around. Johnny, we do a lot of really, really fun beers on this podcast. And I am very stoked to talk about one of our local breweries here in Chico, Secret Trail. Every single Monday, they do what they call their Explorer Series, which is where they take one of their tried and true beers or a new beer, and they put a fun little twist on it. And the crazy thing is it's almost... For sure, not going to be available again after that Monday. Every single Monday, you can go down to Secret Trail in their business hours, which is 3 to 9 p.m., and you can get that beer. Where are they? They are at 132 Myers Street here in Chico, California. So you should head on down and check them out any day of the week. But Mondays would be especially cool because you'll be able to try a one-off beer. Yeah, and if you want to keep up with them online, you can find them on all the social medias at Secret Trail Bruco. Live and drink off the beaten path. White Boy Rick, a film starring Matthew McConaughey and Richie Merritt as a father and son who in Detroit, Michigan, have long been in the gun selling business. Then one day upon the opportunity, if you want to call it that, by these FBI agents to not make his dad go to prison, Ricky Jr., Rick Jr., uh, 
gets to selling drugs for the FBI and being an informant trying to catch bigger drug fish in the greater Detroit area. Uh, things spiral. He gets a taste for the business and starts selling drugs himself, turns it into the family thing, and this is his story. It's, it's again, called White Boy Rick. It was directed by Jan Demange, written by Andy Weiss and Logan and Noah Miller, Johnny Summers. Actually, because <laughs> I caught a glimpse of uh, your thoughts in this movie, let me get these facts out of the way. This is rated R. <laughs> it came out on September 14th of 2018, runs an hour and 50 minutes, built on a production budget of $29 million, and as of September 19th, has made $11.7 million. Okay, Johnny, what's your initial takeaway of this movie? Hmm. Well, maybe, this, yeah. You it, tell it how you want to tell it. Yeah. My initial take this is a movie about father and son that are not good at doing crime. Mm-hmm. And they just continue not being good at crime. Well,. That's true. So yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting story, I suppose. Uh, it, I, I don't know, man. I was never fully invested in this movie. Uh, it just never grabbed me. Uh, the story was interesting enough, but it wasn't anything special in my opinion. I thought it was very run of the mill. There there were a couple of good performances. I really like Matthew McConaughey in this because I forgot it was Matthew McConaughey. That's how freaking good he is. Like it was very impressive. Um, yeah, that's honestly about it. As far as performances, everything else I thought was kind of uh, flat. This movie felt really flat for me. Uh, it wasn't surprising in any way. None of the uh, performances besides McConaughey were really outstanding. Uh, and we'll get into this more when we can bounce some things off of each other. But overall, uh, not a fan of this movie. All right. Fair enough. I am a fan of this movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm not again. Not again. But uh, it's the first time I'm saying it. But it's not blowing me away necessarily in a lot of ways. I do think that Richie Merritt playing Ricky Jr. Um, is promising. I think his performance here shows a lot of uh, talent, especially for a big screen debut, uh, which this was for him. Um, he had, I, I don't know. I think this role stretched him through a lot of different emotions for one and a lot of different beats of life. I think this kid is only, you know, 17, 18, something mm-hmm. like that. He plays a... 15 year old, 15, 16, 17. That started out when he was 15. Yeah, this movie kind of goes through a bunch of different years. Um, I do, or I was maybe interested in the narrative this provides for the criminal justice system, especially towards the end of the movie. I thought that was kind of compelling and heartbreaking at times. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think ultimately you're you're right. This is a story of a father and a son who to the best of their ability are trying to do right in a, let's say profession that is often, uh, you know, wrong. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It, it was good. It, not great to me, okay. but, but I was, I was into it the whole time. Yeah. I had to step away to use the restroom at one point. It was at a pretty, uh, I think important point in the movie. So I, I, there's like two minutes there that I need you to fill me in, in the danger zone when we spoil this. Okay. But overall I think it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Why? Uh, I just, I was into it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Matthew McConaughey, obviously very good, but I, you know, the, I don't know. There's, it was fun for a lot of it too, which is important to me. I think this movie has to be fun to work. See, I didn't get that. No, no, I really didn't. I do think it could have been trimmed down quite a bit. I think uh-huh. there was, you know, 20 to 30 minutes of, maybe not 30, but, yeah, but a, the- a lot of extra storyline. And, and I get, so this movie could have been like an hour. Yeah. I mean, it's based on a true story. So to some extent you need to include the things that happened that led to the conclusion, but 
I don't know. I, I would have taken it a different direction, I think. Yes. I think it could have been a short film that maybe accomplished just as much. Yeah. The whole time I was like, when is this actually going to like start? Like when is the, yeah. like, and it was like an hour in and I'm like, uh, <sighs> yeah, you know? Yeah. So we'll talk about that a little bit more in the danger zone, but it was a, it was a slow burn that never really caught on fire for me. Yeah. It just burned and burned and burned and then simmered. Yeah. A lot of the movie felt like it was a, it was just this one conversation over and over again where it was Ricky talking to his dad, mm-hmm. uh, Rick, just like, dad, we got to, what are we still doing here? We got to move. We could do this thing. We could do it better than we're doing it now. And then he'd be like, no drugs. And then like 20 minutes ago by and be like, but dad, look at this thing that happened. We could sell drugs, not guns. And then his dad's like, I said, no drugs, son. And then later he's like, dad, but the drugs, he's like, but the drugs, you know, let's try that out. And that kind of was like the blocking of the movie to me. Yeah. And there's like some stuff with his sister, which I think played okay. Um, they look like a Muppet. I didn't get that, but I was, I was going to say like, wow, like they're just trying to tie in a lot of themes like what, like the whole addiction yeah. slash recovery thing was felt kind of out of place to me. And then you forced have the, the grandparents, um, which was also, I think, even though it was part of the real story, just I think from a movie making perspective, didn't yeah. feel super cohesive. No, it was painfully forced, painfully, yeah. painfully forced. And I'm going to disagree pretty strongly about uh, Richie Merritt. Oh, young Ricky here. Okay. I found his performance to be just so drab. Really? And just lacking in any depth of of acting at all. I thought he was probably the weakest link in this movie. Oh, interesting. Yeah. How much of that how much of that opinion forms your overall opinion of the movie? Like were his performance better, do you think you would have really appreciated the movie more or would it still kind of be lackluster? It would still be lackluster, but if you give me a subpar performance out of your leading man and you don't have a strong s- script and it's maybe not the strongest movie overall to begin with, it, it's not doing yourself any favors for me. Um, Would you consider Ricky to be the main character or Matthew McConaughey's Rick to be the main character? I'd say Ricky, the young man. I think you look at it both ways. I I would too. No. Well, in the sense of... um, Dude, Matthew McConaughey was in like 25% of the scenes that Ricky was. Like the screen time wise. He had maybe a quarter of the the screen time. But all of the main decisions that affect the plot of this movie are kind of made by Matthew McConaughey in a way. Not really. The final decision, well, we won't, I guess, go but there the yet, first but. decision that springboards him to even into being involved with drugs was all Ricky's decision. Except that it was his dad's fault that he had to make the decision. Like, they had to come to him because they were going to blackmail him because of his dad. I, no, I no, know. no. I'm talking about selling the guns. Oh, oh, oh. He took that step on his own. Do you really think? I thought for sure. Like, I know he told them, like, no, my dad didn't make me do it, but I feel like for sure he did. I don't know. His dad, like, made those. He would have been pissed if he took his guns. I don't know. I don't know if you come home with cold, hard cash. That's true. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So in answer to your question, I don't know if like a really strong role would uh, or acting job would have amplified the, the enjoyment of this movie. Um, just because overall I thought the movie was really weak. I thought it, yeah, it might have, like if it's a true story, that's fine. If that's how it really happened, that's fine. The whole time I'm thinking, was this a story that needed to be turned into a movie? Mm-hmm. Did this story merit a feature film? Yeah. And it was hard for me to even say maybe. I'd be interested in going back and hearing our discussion about the Tom Cruise's American Made, mm-hmm. which is uh, not dissimilar. It's a story about a dude that was informing for the FBI selling drugs and framing, not framing, but, um, you know, um, what's the word? 
Snitching? Proving guilt. Yeah, I guess. People that were high up in the drug world. Yeah. But that movie was so different. It was yeah, but so- I, I was also kind of in the middle on that movie. Like I, I, I can appreciate it, I suppose, for what it was. Um, but ultimately, like I didn't, I've never wanted to watch it again. I don't yeah. think I'll reach for this movie. If it's on, I'll be into watching it, I guess. But, you know. I wouldn't. I would change the channel. Okay. Uh, did, it reminded me of like, uh, like not, it didn't remind me. It harkened back to movies like Blow. I never saw Blow. Oh. Yeah. Dude, okay. one of maybe the best, yeah, I love that movie. One of the best, like, cocaine movies. Sure. Like, Johnny Depp's descent into drug dealing was amazing in that movie. Okay. Uh, very good. But, well, yeah, with this one, man, I don't know. I couldn't, I don't think, and, and if Ricky would have had a better acting job, sure. he would have done a lot. I don't know. Well, okay, I think we have some stuff to talk about in the danger zone. And as a heads up, if you've never heard the show, that's where we spoil this movie. But before we get to all that, what we are going to do is, is rate this. And then we are going to cover a second beer after our break, but I want to give this a seven out of 10, which, you know, after this discussion, I wrote it down before, but it does feel kind of high. I'm going to go 6.5. That's what I'm going to say, because I would definitely watch it again. And I was into it when it was on. And it's fine. Two. It was a waste it's of my a time. Two? It was a waste of my time. It's like the worst movie you've seen all year. 100% it was the worst movie I've seen all year. Respect, man. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Well. Danger Zone's about to get salty, just so you know, guys. That's White Boy Rick. Like we didn't mention at the beginning of the episode, if you'd like to talk to us about what you think about White Boy Rick, maybe you've had some Moonraker. Maybe you get some Breakside beers from Portland, Oregon, like we're about to cover in the next segment. Reach out to us. We're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, at Fresh Hop Cinema. If you want to talk about movies, hit us up on Letterboxd. We're both on there. You can search us by our names, Max Minardi and Johnny Summers, or just look up Fresh Hop Cinema. It'll most likely come up. But in the meantime, stick around, because we'll be right back. If you are in Chico, California, and you are in need of a delicious meal and an ice-cold beer to quench your mighty thirst, head on down to the Handlebar located where? 2070 East 20th Street, right off the freeway next to Best Buy. That's right. And the best thing about them, well, besides the many great menu right. options and the delicious craft beers that are always changing, is they have a great happy hour every single day of the week from 2 to 6 p.m. What do you get? It's a crazy deal. You get a dollar off all of their draft beers, which are already very reasonably priced. It's an amazing thing. It's uh, coming up upon the fall season now, so maybe you want to get a big old stout. They got tons of them. Get a dollar off any day of the week from 2 to 6 and get some great food. Take your whole family because they're all ages until 9 or 10 p.m. So bring your kids, bring your dog, hang out on the patio, drink a beer, eat some good food. That's the handlebar. Right here in Chico. Go check them out. We're back. This is the Danger Zone. Welcome. Enough said. Actually, not enough said because no one owns anything. We're going to talk about our second beer. Shit's about to get weird. Yeah. Uh, we're swearing now. If you have, I don't know, sensitivities to that sort of thing, uh, air on the side of caution as we air to excess. Yes. Because that's the beer that we're drinking. It's a stout brewed with sea salt, caramel, hazelnuts, and chocolate made by Breakside. Again, this is called Air to Excess. This was uh, a one-time release from this brewery out of Portland, Oregon, and it was a 2018 release, so we are well within the year that it was brewed. So we're going to see how it holds up. So this might almost be too new. It might be too new. But, Johnny, would you read me, please, what this bottle says? Yes. And by the bottle, I'm assuming you mean this bottle right in front of me. Yes, indeed. Mm, it's a cute little 12-ounce bottle. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really glad that this was not a... Because, uh, like, I don't know if I said this, I can't remember, but it's 10.1%. It's a big... big I, don't, I don't want this in a 22, necessarily. Yeah, bourbon barrel-aged goodness. All right. From Breakside. 
We love beer-flavored beer here at Breakside, but we also love adding uncommon flavors that push the boundary of what beer can be. So here's something in that vein and fun, an extra special version of our already bourbon barrel-aged salted caramel stout, now aged in on Oregon-grown hazelnuts and cacao nibs. Yes, it's the full ice cream parlor all in one small bottle. Call it indulgent, but it's a delicious pastry beer done our way. Sprinkles and other toppings sold separately. Man, I mean, this smells like a straight... I mean, it smells very promising. It's like, it's thick. There's tons of tons of that caramely roastiness. You got a little bit of like tobacco and fig and um, leather, maybe. Um, I don't know, man. What is it? What does it taste like following up? I mean, it's it's black as the blackest of nights. How does it stack up? Flavor wise, mouthfeel wise, flavor wise, flavor wise, it's very nice. It's hot. That's a flavor wise. Flavor Weizen. Yeah, that's the new German beer I'm brewing in my pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so don't spit out. Wish beer. I hadn't drank that right before that. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. So this beer, uh, it's very hot. It uh, it's definitely got some heat from those barrels, man. It it woof. yeah. That's my only complaint about this beer so far. Mouthfeel, it's on the overcarbonated and thin side. Yeah. It's definitely not as thick as I'm used to having out of a bourbon barrel-aged beer, but they might not have done... I mean, a lot of those have, like, the adjuncts and stuff. I don't know if that thickens it up. But um, flavor-wise, once you get past that initial heat, it's got a nice roasty body, and it's definitely sweet. It's hard to distinguish where that sweet's coming from. Definitely, like, boom, black coffee from the roasted malt. Boom, ton of dark chocolate from the cacao nibs. Um, Hazelnuts, I'm kind of subtly getting because I think chocolate and hazelnuts, what do you think of? You think Nutella. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting like, so once I have that in my brain, you can kind of get like a little, like a dark chocolate Nutella almost, but the nuttiness is very subtle. So subtle. If you hadn't told me, I wouldn't have guessed that it was there. Classic sut nut. Yeah. That's subtle nut. Subtle nut, man. Um, Just hanging out in the back. Yeah, dude. I don't know. So I get, I, I don't know. This is one of those situations where, I have a lot of the time when a beer is described with coconut, mm-hmm. like I'm expecting a lot of coconut. And this is this is a salted caramel stout, and I don't get a whole lot of caramel. Or salt. Or salt, really. Yeah. Um, I do get a tiny bit, or maybe it's just like a savory kind of kind of thing up front. But mm-hmm. um, I'm with you. I do get kind of the the more roasty thing, a bit, quite a bit of chocolate. Um, it's good, but I'm, I'm with you also on the mouthfeel and the body of this mm-hmm. beer. It does feel a little bit lighter than I would expect for a 10.1% Barrel aged stout. Yeah, when when a beer says all the words that the label of this one says, you expect a little bit different liquid. Yeah, I feel like that's not unfair. No, I feel like the industry has presented us with a standard of viscosity and mouthfeel that goes along with barrel aged adjunct slash pastry stouts. Yeah, uh, and I feel like I don't think we're just spoiled. I think that's just what what is out there. Sure, and I feel like this falls a little bit shy of that. Um, upon second sipping, it's really like almost black licorice right up yeah, front. Yeah, you do get some of that kind of like lingering, um, like sizzliness on your the, tongue, yeah, if that makes sense that, to anybody. Anise flavor. Yeah, I I do think I don't want to, like, even if it's not exactly what I'm expecting it because of the label. Yeah. I still want to try to appreciate it for what it is. Look so at I, it objectively. Yeah. Um. So even with that, I, I don't know that it's amazing. I think it would probably, probably do pretty well with a little bit of time on it. I think so. Uh, I th- what I would hope that would improve would be maybe that carbonation. Maybe it would kind of thicken up a little bit in the mouthfeel once that carbonation goes away. And you might get a little bit more of the sweetness coming out, like maybe some of those caramely notes 
yeah. would kind of come out and less of the roasty chocolateness and um, I would look forward to that. But like we said earlier, this is a one-time brew thing. Maybe we can look for another bottle somewhere and sit on it for a year or two. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I, I like this a lot, I think, but not incredibly. No, I think overall it's not disappointing, but it's not really like outstanding. Yeah. It's definitely like medium. I'm medium yeah. fired up about this beer. Yeah, like I would drink this for yeah. sure. I'm going to, but yeah. um if I ordered it at a bar, I wouldn't like send it back. I'd be like, no. okay, this is different. This is have, like their take. Have you sent a beer back before? Uh only if something's wrong with it. Yeah, right. Like it's been properly like the glass is cracked or something. Mm, yeah. And I've also sent like um beers back that have gone bad. Sure. Like yeah, I, okay, it's right. obviously like a bad keg and then right. I was the first one to try it. But that's rare. Right. That's rare. Even if it's a st- you know a beer that I'm not necessarily fired up about, um, I won't send it back. You know. I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. You just drink the you know, yeah. It's the, you figure it's a it beer out. Beer at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah, it's not like oh I can't eat this. Right. It's like yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's not bad. It's not mind blowing. It's definitely right in the middle. I think there's probably a lot of better. Stouts you could buy for probably around the same price, which I don't remember what it is because this has been in the Fresh Hop Cinema Cellar. Yeah, we cellar. got this out of our cellar. But um, it's not bad. I mean, it really doesn't taste that much different from the the regular salted caramel stout, except for... Breakside salted caramel? Yeah. Okay. Except for the heat, uh, which it just it adds a bit more heat. That's all the barrels did, really. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not the worst, but it's, it's far from the best barrel-aged stout I've ever had. I'm going to give this a five. Yeah, okay. I went 5.8. It's right in the middle of the road. I think a similar question could be asked of this beer as we asked about our movie this week, which is you have the original version of this, uh, in this case, the non-barrel aged, in the movie's case, the actual true story. Mm -hmm. And does it need to be told on the big screen and does this need to be barrel aged? And I think in both cases, the answer is probably no. Yeah. Um, the, The only difference being... In both cases, I've never had the original non-barrel age version, yet I'm trying this, nor did I know Ricky's story uh, of being incarcerated for 30 years yeah, for a non-violent conviction sure. uh, until it was explained to me on a movie mm-hmm. screen, uh, which I think is a pretty good segue back into our movie. So just in case you want to get your hands on this or you've had it, this is Air to Excess by Breakside out of Portland, Oregon. Let us know what you think. Yeah. So, White Boy Rick. White Boy Rick. Let's wrap this motherfucker up. I almost feel like you'll have more to say than me. So, all I wanted to throw in, what I did like about this was the very end, You, he gets he gets thrown in jail um, after the closest thing you can get to a guarantee, not in writing, from the FBI. And they kind of screw him over. They're like, you're going to jail anyways. And, again, like this kid is 16, 17. And I know there's street code here. At some point about snitching, which we'll probably talk about. But 30 years is a lot of time to pay for a kid learning a lesson. Yeah. And I think it was great when we learned that he got out because I think 30 years was too long. And it sucks that he came out and wanted to go talk to his grandparents who have died and his dad who died the year before and his two daughters are all grown up. Real, Just real heavy stuff. One daughter. Was there not two daughters? I could have sworn he had a second daughter. Two kids. Oh, that's what it was. He has, wait, say that again. His, his daughter. His daughter had two kids. Yeah. He has grandkids? Yeah. That's crazy. He got out and met his grandkids. That's fucked. Eh, yeah, it is fucked. I like, I There's don't people know. still in jail right now that are serving life sentences because of pot. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like, and he, the dude and, had like six kilos of crack cocaine in his apartment. And there's like pedophiles house. that are free. Yeah. What the fuck? 
Yeah. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Like, and, and, and like so many, and, and it's typically black people who have just had weed and it's like, you're in jail for decades now. Yeah. Institutional racism is very real. So that's got me thinking about kind of our criminal justice system, which I think is a good talking point because we've said this in the past. I think movies are important because they make you talk about issues and that's a big issue, you know? Yeah, it can be. But the laws at the time dictated the penalty for the crime. And it was made very clear that he knew the penalty for the crime and quantities that he could have at his house that didn't like there was a set amount that he had. If you had over that mandatory life sentence, but it's a dumbass crime because that's the same crime. That's the same punishment for murder. Yeah, that's they're not the same thing. But if you're going to like play by the criminal rules, you should probably know what could happen. Well, yeah, I just I'm I'm saying on like a on like a foundational societal level, that's a stupid rule. Mm hmm. How can how can that be the same consequence as murdering somebody? But you shouldn't have kept it all in one place. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. You, you gotta, shouldn't. You got to play within the parameters of yes. the law. We're talking about different things, though. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about just the actual yeah. the actual laws, yeah. like. Well, yeah, that's like when you'd get like ten years in prison for a joint in in Reno or uh, that's Nevada. Still better, like, or like ten years for a ton of weed. Yeah. Cool. You can't give somebody life. When you're also going to give like uh, somebody who raped and murdered people also life, they're not they're not the same. Yeah, we're we're placing um, our own values on crimes, you know. Yeah, like placing it, human value on different crimes, and I don't think we have like the leeway to do that. I mean, obviously that's what laws are based on, but like like this law seemed a bit excessive, and at the end of the movie, well. At the very end of the movie, you find out that that law was overturned and he actually gets released because they realized that that was just fucking excessive. Yeah, he went in at 17 years old, got out at 50, about. That's crazy. Because mm-hmm. he was just dealing, I mean, I don't necessarily want to comment on, on drug. like I don't think like crack cocaine's a great thing, but I don't think you should spend your life in prison because you had some. Well, we're talking about a, an America that was in the heart of a crack epidemic. Was it? Yes. Yeah, it was. You're right. It was a That's fucking true. epidemic. Yeah. It was killing a shit ton of people. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, I don't make laws. What, I don't know what I would have done. Maybe I would have been like, yeah, life sentences, you can't, no more crack. That's one way to get people to stop doing it. That's true. You know what but I mean? Is they like, do they stop doing it? He did. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and everyone around him probably thought, oh, fuck. Yeah. I don't know, man. Also, he was a snitch. So. Yeah, you want to talk about that. Let's talk about snitching. I don't know. Like, I want to talk a little bit about the overall scope of this movie because I personally don't think it should have ever even been made. Okay. Because it's about a father and son combo. Who are bad at crime. Who are low-level criminals. Like, yeah. really, really, really low-level arms dealers. Meaning they buy, like, two AKs right. at a gun show. Legally. legally and then, like make silences for them and sell them for three times what they paid for them or something. You know what I mean? Very small time. And they're obviously very poor. So right. not good at crime, not having a lot of success in the criminal realm. Right. And this whole movie is just like a step after step of how to be a shitty criminal. Yeah. It's not great. No, man. And I mean, like as moviegoers, we want a success story, even if the success story is fucked up. Like that's yeah. what makes Blow so great. Like Johnny Depp gets awesome at selling drugs, has like six houses and planes and right. just tits everywhere. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, this movie was just 
like leapfrogging from one just not good move to another not good move to snitching for the FBI. And you, we were talking about that, and you're like, oh, they were trying to keep his dad. He was trying to keep his dad from going to jail. Yeah. But I said to you, what's the first thing his dad said? It's like, so I'll go and do my time. Like, you don't snitch. You don't work for the FBI. You'll get fucked in the end. Intellectually, I agree with you, and I think you're right as far as, like, snitch code goes. But, again, like, it's a 16-year-old kid, and these two people for the government are like, we're going to throw your dad in prison forever. Like, your dad, it, especially in his situation, like, that's the main part of his life. He's going to do anything he can to keep his dad out of jail. Like, but it's also, not his fault. He's a kid. He doesn't know. But also, he wouldn't have gone to jail forever on the guns, and they both knew that. How is that a thing? How can he? Yeah. Right, but yeah. it was it was a thing. And yeah, Rick yeah, and his dad thing. both knew that he would just go in for a while. Bro, your grandparents live across the street. Yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah, don't be a snitch. Your dad's a lifelong criminal. He knows if he needs to go do time, he's going to go do time. Yeah, that's why the first thing he said to him was, "Why would you do that? I'll just go do my time." Right. So, not only is he a bad criminal, I'd say he's a bad father for raising a snitch. Okay, wouldn't you say the son is bad for making the wrong decision? His dad told him. Don't do that. He's like, I'm gonna do it anyway. No, because it was past tense. He shouldn't. He said, you shouldn't have done that. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's before he started talking about like that's before he started doing the drug thing. Yeah, way before. So even then, the son was like, I'm still gonna do it. Yeah, I'm still gonna inform. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think the blame is not on the father necessarily. Yeah, he raised a snitch. You don't raise a snitch. You blame me, Hitler's parents. <laughs> a little, actually, kind of a little. Yeah, yeah I think I probably would too. Bad argument. <laughs> but I don't entirely blame No, I, th- I think they should have had that um, in place. Like, you know, if it ever came to doing time or snitching, you just do your time. That's true. I guess I'm approaching these conversations like they're in a normal house. No, like, he was right. raised in a criminal household. Yeah, it's like, all right, go to school, then we'll go to church. All right, make sure you don't snitch. Like, no, it's like day to day. Like, they come home and her, his sister's crack dealer is humping her on their couch. That's good point. Yeah. Like, this is not a normal household. They should have all known. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. knew the parameters of what they were dealing with. So, I don't know, man. And then, yeah. yeah, it's just rough. This whole movie was just like, really? Meh. Oh, okay. Meh. Yeah. Yeah. That was my thing. That was, that was my, so it was, yeah, them just being, going from bad to worse criminals. And then Ricky gets a taste of money and just goes whole hog into selling like, like Escobar amounts of fucking crack. Yeah. Also, like, I feel like the whole thread with, um, he, I don't know, this isn't correct, but he looks like knockoff Paul Giamatti to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not what he looks like, but in my brain, that's what he is. Yeah, he's been in some stuff, too. He doesn't need to be in this movie at all. No. <laughs> Even a little. Like, there was a whole unnecessary character. Yeah, him also, like, the whole thing about this was the FBI, I mean, like, all right, we're going to get Ricky to help us try to execute the sting operation on the mayor of Detroit. And we're going to use his niece, Ricky, you got to go, like, get her to... Like, get bodyguards for him or something? Yeah. There's, like, a bunch of drugs coming in. Like, that probably didn't, I guess it kind of needs to be there, but, like, they didn't need to develop her as much as they did, which for as much screen time as they had her, or the Nissan, uh, it went very nowhere. little development. It yeah. went nowhere. It was very weird. Yeah. Also, his sister's character barely went anywhere. She stopped doing crack. Yeah. Also, her accent. That's the other thing uh, I want to talk about. Yeah, like, like his, even Ricky's accent was, oh, like, kind of like, I, what are you? Yeah. Like, are you kind of, like, upper Midwest? Are I you Southern? Or, like... Like, I feel like his accent changed a lot too. Like when he would hang out with other people, like when he was at home, it was, it was kind of this, I get, I would just call it his home accent, like his home Detroit. Mm-hmm. And then it would change throughout the movie. 
but he's a new actor. It's fine. Yeah, man. And his sister went from like not great ghetto to southern to no accent yeah. at all. Yeah, there was a lot of dialogue that she had that was just just like I'm talking to you right now. Yeah. Oh, so over it, dude. I was I could these credits could not roll fast enough. Did you stick around just to, to, to listen to that? Uh, yeah. Voicemail. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So my question is, what happened? There's this is where I left to use the restroom in my childhood. No. <laughs> um. You clearly knew a snitch. They went away, and you were like, "Good, they deserved it." I don't know. Yeah. Um, I get up to go to the bathroom, and it was right after the FBI people in the hotel were like, "You're just gonna have to trust us." And then I came back at the end of his trial. What did I miss in between? He got arrested. Just like no, like the FBI did nothing. No. Yeah. Okay. They totally hung him out to dry. That's what I thought. Which is they don't care about snitches, right? They don't. They, Use them, abuse them, baby. They arrested the people they needed to arrest. Right. And then also they got another very powerful drug dealer off the street. Was it the Paul Giamatti guy? No, it was oh. it was Rick. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah. They, I think that dude got arrested too. They never actually showed him getting arrested. Which they just kind of alluded to it. Would have been nice. So there's a money shot if you're a filmmaker. Yeah. Like big the, DEA, like breaking yeah, down door. Like, come on. Yeah. It's a missed opportunity. This whole movie is a missed fucking opportunity to not just make a different movie. I liked it. Make a different, make any other movie. I do think that's a good argument. Like you should make, there are other movies that are more important, but I don't know. This movie is fine to me. It's fine. It was awful. It's a 6.5 for me and a two for you. My question is, is it still a 6.5 yeah. for you? Yeah, it is. All right. Yeah. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with mine rating. Mine rating? Yeah. Mine rating, baby. <laughs> I'm still making that German beer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So one last time, if yes. you want to find us on social media. At Fresh Hop Cinema, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm changing my Twitter handle to fuck at white boy Rick. <laughs> uh, if you want to find Johnny, it's either at that or at Johnny Manitoba yeah. on Twitter. Uh, mine is at Max Minardi Music. You can email us at fhccast at gmail.com. We are both also on Letterboxd. If you want to talk about movies, we love to geek out about that sort of stuff. Do it. And we love hearing from you. If yeah. you have a beer you think we should drink, if you have a beer you did drink, uh, if you have a belly full of tequila and want to slide into Max's DMs, that's fine too. Yes. It's Absolutely. all fine, man. Let's, let's just, just talk with us. We love it. But thanks for listening. We look forward to coming back to you next Monday with episode 95. We're just a few episodes away from our 100th episode, which is happening a couple weeks after our two-year anniversary. So thank you for supporting this podcast. We super appreciate it. Yep. For Max Minandi. Try that again. <laughs> <laughs> Max Minandi? Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's fine. No, we have to do the thing. Okay, I don't have a thing yet. Do you no, have a thing? No, you're a terrible thing. No, I got it. I'm fine. I am f- ex-former professional snitch. Ex-form... That's You're doubling up on the X's. No, that's not going to work. I'm not a snitch. Ex-former... Prof- yeah, yeah. No. no. I am professional small arms dealer. Nice. Johnny Summers. I am musician performing instrumentalist extraordinaire Max Minardi, and we'll see you next week. No, you said your actual profession. Well, well, I said something incriminating, and now it sounds like I actually do that. You do. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.